Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. and healing a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio, LLC. This is the one and only Sword. violence in her lifetime. Every year, nearly three million children witness domestic violence right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody you can call the National Hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thicklin right now at 1-323-784-9638. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Welcome back 
to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, Jim Arthur. And from coast to coast, you find us here every Monday night. Thank you for those that held on between that brief intermission between the beginning of the show until now. For those of you that may be joining right now for the first time, we welcome you to be a part of this very important show. Now, before we left, we talked about earlier, tonight's show is going to be centered around the very simple subject, why didn't I see it coming? These are the signs and clues that are oftentimes overlooked inside of a potential abuser. Why didn't I see it coming? So often we hear people talk about the fact, I don't know, it came from out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. They started off so nice. They were so sweet. They were so intriguing. They were, And they begin to roll off and really call off all of those things. But tonight we're going to talk about some of those very subtle things that oftentimes are very clear indicators that this relationship has potential of really be going becoming very bad. And so we started off talking about the fact of understanding the definition of abuse is understanding that all abuse. So if you're if you're looking side as being your indicator, then you're going to miss a lot of things before it gets there because long before abuser turns physical, most times they have already shown signs of both verbal, emotional, if not even financial abuse. And we like to say in the field that long before he ever beats her down, he beats her should I say long before he her up, he beats her down with his words or whatsoever. So I want to look at this because we have to understand this abusive relationship describes a relationship and consistently uh, whether they be psychologically, physical, financially, uh, uh, even emotionally and sexually, uh, to control and have power over the other person. This relationship here is generally very one-sided, one that oftentimes starts off with a sense of command and that I'm in charge and you're supposed to do what I say. Those things the idea of this individual sees relationship. And so those things are very obvious inside of that may become abusive. I also look at other things, things that happen oftentimes is the emotional abuse that we see first. Emotional abuse may include an array of behaviors that are uh, non-physical. As, uh, as a matter of fact, oftentimes what we see happen inside emotional abuse is that this is what I call the great setup. Because when a person begins to tear you down emotionally, making you feel unworthy, saying things to make you feel shame, and sometimes even saying things to make you feel embarrassed to the point that you feel that you must carry out certain things in order to make this person happy, that is part of the emotional abuse. Emotional abuse can also include this individual treating you a certain way around others, calling your name, name calling, you never can do anything right. Uh, constantly telling you that you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're not pretty enough, you don't do these things enough. All of that is part of emotional abuse, my friend. What about the, even a part of uh, you know acting like everything is your fault? That is part of that, uh, emotional abuse. Isolating you from friends or family, that is part of emotional abuse. Uh, using your children or using the children, that is part of this emotional abuse. So far, you've not heard me say anything about a physical uh, abuse, a physical hit, or action. And that's what I want you to understand, that oftentimes the things that are overlooked early on in an abusive relationship has nothing to do with physical. Very seldom, if any, you will find a, perp- a person who's an abuser starts off a relationship hitting. 
because of the fact they must gain your trust, they must gain your confidence, and they must know that they can manipulate you. They must know that you do give in and believe certain things about them which they want you to believe, that they're kind, they're sweet, and those things there. But we've got to also understand that one of the major signs of emotional abuse, and you'll find yourself inside of this, is that the more controlling this individual gets, they begin to try to isolate you from your friends or your family, not wanting you to be around with them, even for accusing you of friends and family and accusing uh, uh, their action to be disingenuous. Another thing that may be uh, very much, you don't hear much about this far as signs of early signs that we overlook is when they have affairs with other partners or provocative behavior with others in order to damage your spirit, to make you feel bad. And then making you feel guilty are all part of this emotional abuse. Name-calling, constantly criticizing you. These are things that begin to work on your self-esteem, making you feel that you're not worthy, you're not good enough. And what happens to many people who have been made to feel like they're unworthy, not good enough? They begin to do all they can to try to prove that they are. So that includes tolerating a lot of uh, the behavior, tolerating a lot of the conversation, tolerating a lot of things that is going on. And so those are some of the beginning things that we see inside of abusive relationships. So when we talk about, you know, what are those signs? Why did I see it coming? What happened? What, what took place that I might have picked up on only if I knew what to look for? Those are early warning signs that we see in terms of emotional. I've given you some early warning signs that kind of gave you a descriptive part of what abuse is. But I want you to now look at, and by the way, before I even go any further, I want to remind you that you can call in, area code 323-784-968. If you have a question or comment and you're already on, just simply hit the number one on the keypad. That lets our engineer know that you want to come on the air. You can have a question and or comment, or if you want to share, you can do so. This is open line tonight with the subject matter being why didn't I see it coming early signs and clues that are often overlooked when it comes to identifying a particular so that is very important inside of our tonight inside of this com- uh, conversation here tonight about domestic violence so I want you to understand this how many of you that are listening today may know of someone could be a friend a co-worker uh, you know daughter a son, could be someone that you know that have been in abusive, uh, what you consider a potentially abusive relationship, and you saw it happening. Perhaps you recognized it before it even got to the ground. Perhaps you knew some things that you could not quite identify, but seemingly like the individual that was in the relationship simply did not see it, did not recognize it. So the question is, what can you do? What do you say? How do you get them to understand the fact that this here? could be potentially dangerous to them. This is something that conversation need to be held around because if we're looking for obvious, we have waited way too late. They're now inside of this abusive relationship. So abuse, once again, comes in many different forms. So I want to go back now to recognizing some other signs. I want to get to the signs of a – let's get to the signs of those who may think they're in a very affluent relationship, who may think that I'm okay because – he takes good care of me. I have good money. You know, those things there. I don't have to work. And so that type of abuse, what we call some may call it financial abuse, this entails abuse of not allowing you to have your own even if you're it. They may take uh, your credit cards or they may take one out of your name abusing your credit. History. They might also move into your home and not contribute to paying any of the bills or expenses. I say that and I want you to hear this very 
there are so many cases today that happen where the individual has moved into the home with the partner. They have moved in. Oftentimes they've moved in up under hardship or they've moved in up under the fact of, uh, you know, we're going to do this together. We're going to do that together. You know, we're working towards some things. So you allow them to move in. And what happens when they get in, you feel, you realize that what you had talked about is not panning out. They're not contributing. They're not being a help to it. They become a burden. And so now when they then begin to really show the real colors and you want them out of the house, you go to the police to get them out. And what do you discover? The police then tell you that, they, that you cannot put that person out without giving them a 30-day notice. And you're trying to figure that out because in so many states now, if you have an overnight guest that is at your house over a specific uh, amount of time, in some cases it's a week, in some cases it's less than that, if you allow that, then you cannot evict that person because they would call it an, an illegal eviction. So you have to now know what it looks like, and you have to understand what your rights are and what they're not. Uh, you have inside of this whole financial economic abuse uh, abuser that might also not only do that, but they might uh, from you or your to not allow you to be able to control your own death. I've seen in too many cases where I hear victims say things like, and they don't know they're a victim yet, of course. Well, I don't have to work. He takes care of me. And he says, I don't have to work. And that sounds good until the time it becomes very, very controlling. And those are the things that we have to keep our eyes out for because these are the things that entrap us. And let me tell you, they come up on the gals of many things. It doesn't matter because, listen, it sounds very enticing at first. And that's regardless of what spirit they come from. They can come from the spiritual, religious spirit, or they can come from the secular spirit once again. Oftentimes, signs go overlooked because of our own wants, our desire, our want to believe that this person really means well. Want to believe that this person here meant what they said in order to when they enticed us or when we became involved with them. These things are crucially important if we're going to make the difference. If we're going to capitalize on this whole. Uh, in re- eradicating the issue of domestic violence. So let me bring you to something that is very important in this hour. I want you to take a very good look at this. And that is the fact that also look at the fact it goes beyond that. We're living a day and time that we have to understand that abuse comes in so many ways. We're seeing abuse happening in cyber. There's a digital abuse and what it looks like. This person utilized technology to threaten or stalk you or they may use social media uh, in order to send a harassing message. Uh, a black man stalk you. I most recently, here last week, was dealing with the case where the abuser, the boyfriend, yeah, the abuser, threatened the individual right on Facebook, social media, literally posted what he would do and kill and all those things. These abusers that learn to use technology, they insist that you keep your cell phone on you at all times and that you answer the telephone the moment it rings. So this sense of distrust, you better be available at all times. Oh, you didn't think that was abuse. No. You thought that meant that he really cared or she really cared about you. Let's not get it twisted. Anytime there's a demand and in a way to control you, you must understand this pattern of behavior is abuse. Abusers may use social media to even threaten you emotionally. Uh, they may tell you who you can 
could be friends with on social media. You better unfriend that person. I don't like you talking to that person. They may insult you uh, in, in status updates or their tweets. And here's one that is a real kicker because oftentimes even a, even victims don't understand this when we when we talk about this one. They feel like, well, what's wrong with this? And that is when you will hear a victim actually ask the question, what's wrong with it? And that's when the person demands to know your password. And you say, well, that's nothing wrong with that because I will let you know I won't know their password as well. Very careful. The motive is what's the difference inside of this situation. Eric O three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That is how you reach us. You listen to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm glad that you join us here on this Soul of America Radio Network. If you have a question and a comment, please feel free to just simply call in on that number, hit the keypad, and let us know that you want to get on, and we'll get you on here. I do have a we do have a caller. Uh, that wants to get on, and we're going to come right to you in just one moment. I want to get this one point in before we get to this caller here. Is that we have no abuse? Now, I want to say this. There is no template of any abuser. There are many different ways. Abusers can look at many different ways and have very different characteristics, but there are some that are very common amongst them. And I want you to understand, everyone is different. Uh, but physically abusive partners tend to have certain characteristics that can contribute to the cycle of violence and control. Abuser might have, uh, might have, uh, they may be very emotionally intense and very codependent. I want you to make sure emotionally codependent. Keep in mind, if you yourself yourself is an individual who is very codependent, uh, also sometimes they their own. Don't recognize the perpetrator. So you have to erase this image out of your mind. Well, the potential abuser is a guy who looks like he, he will, you know, fight you at a drop of a hat, or maybe like, you know, he's a tough guy. All the time, abusers are very charming. They're popular among people. to make sure that you get this in your spirit, that all the time abusers fluctuate between emotional extremes, from being extremely happy to being extremely angry or extremely sad. Be very careful of fluctuating between emotional extremes. Here's one that you can only find out inside of observing and having conversation. They might be a former victim of abuse themselves. And this is learned behavior that they've learned. Another characteristic, they may suffer from alcoholism or drug addiction. Now, having said that, I'm not saying that alcoholism or drug addiction is the reason why they are mattering. But I want you to know that these can be underlining elements that contribute to this type of behavior. Abusers often have a very controlling they keep their emotions bottled up inside. Therefore, they, because they keep them bottled up inside, we generally eventually see them implode or they explode. They're very inflexible and they're very judgmental of others, including yourself. And then this is something you might want to know because they often have a history of abuse and violence in their childhood. These are the very curves that, that happen with children that come from even good background. We have to understand that uh, 
It does not discriminate. Domestic violence is uh, most prevalent in the poorest of neighborhoods and people who went to college but did not finish school. We understand that. But you must understand it crosses and occurs across every social and economic background. Area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us. You listen to Hope of Healing, a journey to wholeness, and we're going to go right to our caller on the line today. I'm going to say good evening and welcome to Hope and Healing. Call the number in in 6250. You're on the air. Good evening, Pastor Thickley. How are you? Good evening. How are you? Okay. I'm actually I'm pretty good. Excellent tonight. Um, I want to respond um, to to the the topics tonight's topic um, as domestic violence a thriving survivor. Um, uh, why didn't I see it, or why was I clueless, or or didn't mm-hmm. have any idea that the other person was a potential abuser? Um, one of the main things I want to point out is that they are actually very deceptive. I gotta say, it, deception is a big part of the character. Charismatic, manipulative, even friendly, generous, kind, likable, but very crafty individual. Um, I could even say mm, intelligent to a, a point, but they're usually geared towards uh, a sort of like a slight edge on criminals. They're sort of they're criminals. Um, a warning signs too that I myself I could say actually didn't pay much attention to or red flag so to speak. Um, being around the individual, um, I start to feel like even within less than six months, very like nervous or very uh, frightening. Uh, frightened around them, or I felt like um, I had to um, do or say, um, you know, anything the person wanted me to say or do, and as you mentioned, very demanding, yes, extremely demanding. Um, Also, just felt like walking on eggshells a lot or or pressured um, by the, you know, by that partner when it comes to anything, talking, um, behaviors, uh, intimacy, um, in anything they wanted you to do, I even felt um, scared to even uh, disagree. Simple, Simple. <laughs> disagreeing with the person. Also, um, usually humiliated. That's what it usually uh, made uh, me feel very, very bad or embarrassed in the front of others or family members. That's a big warning sign there. And yes, checking up on you at all times. Must know ex- exactly where you are. Um, if you don't answer the phone right away, um, we'll get very angry, okay, and demand that they know where you are at all times. Um, another thing, um, a warning sign. Um, they might like start to want you to change. For instance. Oh, that skirt is too okay. That skirt is too short, or you know, start wearing you know um, longer clothing. They want to change your clothing. Um, you know, want to change you. You know, even you're wearing too much makeup. Take that lipstick off. So much, you know, subtle little like subtle things they come up with. Well, one of the um, things that you gel- say that is so important mm-hmm. is that here's your key word that oftentimes these early signs are very subtle. 
you know, and because they're very subtle, people don't always recognize them right away. And I'll give you a perfect example inside of that. Even as you were saying that sometimes, you know, it start off with just, you know, talking about the clothing that you're wearing. You know, uh, I don't like that. You need to change it. You look like, you know, you look like you're getting ready to, you know, to go to a strip club or, you know, and these things are said. And at first, oftentimes, victims may take this as, well, Oh uh, God, you know he just he know uh, you know this is him caring. I just don't want it to be you know uh, you know I know that he just you know he just want me to look uh, a way that represents him. And so oftentimes there's a lot of talk that a a particular victim may have um, with themselves, and inside of that they oftentimes end up justifying early on the behavior of the perpetrator, and they have to be very careful of that as well. Continue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, okay. And another thing he used to uh, again, all warning signs. Um, it's like a breaking objects. Um, breaking objects was immediately just just within the about first three months. Intimidation. A lot of them really try to intimidate the partner first, either through verbal abuse or throwing objects. Something. Something Absolutely. to get her or, or or him, the victim, to to start fearing. And remember, what they're doing is they're actually establishing it early. That control factor, because that's exactly what they're doing: power and control. They're establishing, or they are—they know exactly um, what they are doing. This so it's conditioning. It's conditioning them. Uh, it's conditioning them to this type of behavior. You're exactly right. And one of the things that you said, which is one of those early warning signs of all, uh, oftentimes physical abuse is the fact of oftentimes there's underlying and, and overt threats that they make uh, to make the person fear for their safety or the safety of the people, things, or even pets that they may care for. So we see that happen a lot of time. Uh, can, it, can, uh, they oftentimes threat even the children inside of this. And so this is why, you know, we have to be very careful. Uh, stuff like pulling uh, pulling your hair, punching you, slapping you, mm-hmm. kicking you, biting you, or choking you. People oftentimes don't see this as being abusive because we continue to have this in our mind. Well, guess what? I'm not – no one wants to be a victim. Nobody wants to say, wow, I'm being abused because, of fact, we have our own imagery of what we think that looks like. But uh, but people must understand, so in the beginning, warning signs is even being denied, you know, the right to meet your own basic needs, such as food and clothing or sleep, not allowing you to sleep, intentionally keeping you up because, of fact, they want to control you. They want to intimidate you. And you said earlier about breaking or destroying your belongings uh, in your home, such as throwing dishes or punching holes in the wall or, you know, uh, breaking things that are mean a lot to you. And those, those are early warning signs. And people say, well, hold up. Do people act that way? Sure. And oftentimes people act that way behind closed doors and you don't see it necessarily in the public. But then it gets a little bit more serious. And by the time it gets this serious, you are very deeply in it. When you start having threats with a knife or a gun or using a weapon on you, uh, or, or it gets to this point here, I think that people have to very much recognize this. Threats such as uh, not – I've seen this happen, uh, kicking, the, kicking the victim out of the car and leaving them in strange okay. places, saying you're going to walk home, or they do things like physically barring you from leaving the house or whatever. Uh, watch this, or calling 911 for help or going to the hospital, and then to the point that they will even physically abuse your children. Things like this are very, very, by the time it gets to these, 
And it is now very serious. These aren't early warning signs here. These are very, very uh, vivid signs that you're in trouble. Stuff like driving aggressively and dangerously while you're in a car. Why is that? To threaten you, to make you feel afraid. What about this? Mm-hmm. You, you're not a drinker, but they make you drink alcohol or take drugs. Once again, stay with me, Lithuria, because I can feel it. There are those saying, well, you keep using pronouns, you keep using the word uh, he, he, he. And I want you to know that we're not subscribing only that the fact that women are victims. I want you to know that men are and they can be victims as well. As a matter of fact, male victims of domestic violence don't just happen in gay relationships, as a matter of fact. So I know that in our day and time, a lot of people say, yeah, your men are victims when they're in a, when they're in a homosexual relationship, but domestic violence occurs even with men that are in heterosexual relationship with women. Because men can be abused by women, we know this. This often occurs in a relationship where the men, for one reason or another, are in a financially inferior position uh, to that of their female partners. Oftentimes we see that. Here's the difference in the dynamic, and I want to say this for those that are listening. And I want to say this to any man that may be listening live or may be listening later on. There is help for you, and neither do you deserve to be abused. Because men who suffer from domestic violence, they oftentimes feel embarrassed of having endured abuse. So they might not likely to come forward, even more or less likely to come forward than women victims. They may feel that the macho reputation, i got to make it look real, i got to make it look like I'm hard, i got to make it look in control. But the reality is they're only doing that because they're more likely to be afraid of appearing weak. And the one for abused men, they have the added stigma and often have no recourse by women, but often not believe. And when it comes to men being abused, not all people are in the man's predicament as they are the women. And this will lead to further isolation and stigmatization from men who may find themselves abused. But the bottom line tonight is what do we know? That no one deserves to be abused. Eric 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us. You listen to Hope and Healing Journey. It's your host, J.R. Fickman, and I'm so glad you joined us. And I want you to just stay tuned. We'll be right back after this commercial break with more from our caller. And feel free to call in. You can dial Eric 323-784-9638. Simply hit the number one on your keypad. We'll be glad to get you on. We'll be right back after this commercial break. <laughs> internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in soulful talk radio.
by choice to fellowship on Facebook is a spiritual, drama-free, judgment-free fellowship forum for like minds to share in encouragement through testimonies, scriptures, music, prayer, worship, and fellowship. It is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences. We welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook. Through a search, you can find us. If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. I am Indy Harlem too, and I am fighting the power on the soul of America Radio. Worldwide Coast to Coast Talk Radio. This is the soul of America Radio. You're listening to Soar. And now back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Okay, now that I'm back, thank you so very much for listening uh, tonight. We were actually back live, but you wasn't on live with us, so we're so glad to have you back live. For those of you that have been listening, we want you to continue to understand the fact this is a very crucial subject matter. It is one that impacts us from every walk of life, and I'm telling you no one is exempted from these things. And so we need to understand the seriousness and the seriousness of this. This issue that is very severe, this issue that continues to impact the lives of so many that don't see it coming. So this show tonight is about when you don't see it coming. You know, how do you get up that way? And I want to open the lines up to you, Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Because perhaps you know of someone. Perhaps you have a question whether or not this could be a potential sign or not. Perhaps you yourself have a story to share about something that you've come to or you've seen. I'm quite sure somebody out there to guide a friend, a coworker, a relative, or whoever, when they saw them going into a potentially very uh, uh, hazardous relationship, perhaps the individual did not get coming. So we're back to uh, you were saying earlier as we were looking at some of those warning signs. I'd like you to continue on where you were where you were uh, when we left. Okay, um, another um, big potential warning sign is playing, I, I, could, I should say, playing, um, playing with you physically or playing slapping uh-huh. <laughs> or playing, or playing uh, punching you on the arm, you know, or playing shoving and, and you're laughing, you know, <laughs> laughing at it. Um, that's another potential warning sign. And also, um, if they ever hurt someone in the past, Okay. Yes. Or was violent, was violent towards someone, especially in 
ex, ex-wife, ex-girlfriend, or ex, ex-victim or ex-partner. Either way, um, they they are very let's put it this way they they blow it up. They are very proud of it. Okay, and they will tell it to you. Like um, you know, uh, my ex really told me she made me angry and um, really provoked me, and you know he felt like he was disrespected by her. So he punched her. He punched the glasses off her face. And they were sitting in the car. She couldn't see, of course. And you know, he was—he really felt that um, he was the victim, and she Absolutely. did him a disservice. Mm-hmm. So the abuser will brag about, feel grandiose about, you know, treating someone, um, you know, you know, abusively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things that are so important that you mentioned there is the fact. That you know, you have to be very careful and listen for certain things. One of the things we we often encourage people is that you have to listen to your own internal mono, you know monologue about yourself. One of the things that I find to happen, I want people to really hear this because hear one of those warning signs that people oftentimes miss. That if if you have a partner that constantly pushes you down and treats you badly, you might start to internalize these negative behaviors or comments. So you may start telling your own self uh, that you're not good enough or you're not uh, good-looking enough or you're not a good person. And so you've got to understand that this person is using these comments, and those comments are resulting in low self-esteem to gain control over you. Because if you feel bad about yourself, this individual definitely, definitely is achieving what they want to achieve. But here's one of the main ones I want to make sure that people look at, because this is one that oftentimes that people are so caught up in new relationship, new love, and we hear all the great little songs about it, and we live in a fantasy. But I want you to hear this. Many abusive relationships get serious very quickly. Many of the abusive relationships get serious very quickly. The abuser is ready to make a commitment without allowing uh of uh, the other person to get to know each other well at all. See, this person may rush you or push you to become more involved at a faster pace than you are even comfortable with. Why is that? Because he wants to seal the deal. He wants. He knows that if he can get emotions involved, uh, they know if they can get emotions involved and get you to buy in, that you are going to be less likely to try to break up. So you got to understand if the person doesn't respect your need to move slowly or try to guilt you or coerce you into something that you're not ready to do or something you're not ready for, things can very potentially turn abusive. And that's what I want to talk about because sometimes the emotions are just unbalanced and your partner feels more, uh, you know, feels more for you sooner than you do them. Now, this is fairly normal, however, for a relationship, but Pushing or rushing can really can really feel uncomfortable, and uh, mm-hmm. and if this person is persistent or they're relentless, uh, think about stepping away from the relationship. You got to pay attention to your internal warning side. If you feel like this is moving too quickly, then guess what? It probably is. If you feel like if this person is rushing you, then they probably are. And you got to understand the moment. And I have to say this. Once there has been physical or sexual intimacy inside of a relationship that already has the potential of being abusive, it tends to escalate quickly. 
the sense of ownership, sense of you belong to me, and now you become my property. you got to be very careful. Now, one thing I want to say here, you got to watch the way how arguments come up and how they proceed. Now, because, listen, everyone will have a potential, will have an eventual disagreement because we don't all agree. So even in the healthiest of relationships, excuse me, we, we have a disagreement. But here's the difference. In relationship, misunderstanding, miscommunication, and conflict are dealt with, and they are dealt with assertively. But when you're in a potential abusive relationship, observe the way uh, you and your partner have disagreement. Do you calmly express your feelings, negotiate a resolution that satisfies of you? Does every disagreement escalate our long road? Your partner instantly begin yelling. So this can be true. They're constantly, they, they got to win every argument, they got to shut you down, they got to shut you down. Do you have to particularly watch for your partner? Watch for your partner to shut down in a moody, angry sulk with the only responses to your complaint, a terse or angry answer. That means that's when the person has shut you out and they only respond to you with short, sarcastic, because they're not trying to. So all these things are important. You have to think about how you communicate with each other, because people in a healthy relationship communicate but op- healthy. They operate. Uh, they communicate openly and honestly. This also means that the healthy couple can share their feelings with each other. They are feeling with each other. One partner doesn't need to be right all the time, and both partners listen to each other in a loving, open, and a non-judgmental way. I cannot say enough about that, because if you are having Assertive communication maintains a certain level of kindness and respect within a relationship. It's what it does. It encourages cooperation in solving problems and, and uh, also issues. See, there's a healthy amount of respect towards each other in a healthy relationship in that healthy couples are kind to each other. They don't name call. They don't put each other down and uh, yell or exhibit other signs of abusive behavior. They support each other not only privately but also in public. And they honor their partner's boundaries. When we don't see those things happening, then what we're looking at is a potentially very abusive relationship that is on the horizon. Go right ahead. I know that you were getting ready to interject. Mm. Oh, yes. Yes, thank you. I want to say um, oh, a very, very valid point to you, not the one that's um, uh, communication. You speak about communication um, with the uh, abusive partner. Um, one of the things like for the the victim, I don't know that they are victims. If the communication is always one-sided, and, and you hit upon that lightly, one-sided, which means they could even go to a point where it's timed also, you know. The communication is timed. When I say timed, yes, I'm giving like one or two minutes. <laughs> one or two minutes for the, um, um, for the other individual to say something if that person says anything that the abuser don't like, right, or the conversation is not going in the direction um, that the, that the abuser would like for it to go in, either they would get shut down, like you said, cut off, right, or they would say something like, I am through with it. They are communication blockers. 
Absolutely. Um, uh, usually, every everything is um, everything is they um, sort of demand control in every single area of the relationship, communication, uh, the way the victim acts, gestures, responds, um, uh, even uh, every aspect, intimacy, every single level. The sense of entitlement is extremely strong. You did hit up on that. Um, I, I call them entitlement freaks. <laughs> that's, a, that's a name of um, uh, that that I usually refer to them as this person entitlement. They have this sense of special rights, special rights without uh, responsibilities, or you know, justifying and that's important. Their, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yes, justifying their actions, and and they give unreasonable justifications, um, and uh, con- possessiveness, manipulatives, uh, controlling. Oh, minimize them and, 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 you know, everything that happens. It's like a, it's a level of superiority. And uh, something I want to hit up on, too, usually it's like um, it's a gender role deficiency. Usually, like even, okay, they, okay for instance, um, the abusive uh, partner may think that the other one, just because of the sex of the individual, uh-huh. the position is lower, is lower than themselves. Yeah, it's their attitudes toward gender roles, and sometimes those gender roles have been established from uh, their own experience, and they feel like, well, well, in some cases, well, women are supposed to do A, B, and C. A woman is beneath me, uh, uh, and uh, it's just a powerful thing. And uh, we have to understand that that plays a big part, and those go back to what are some of the early questions inside of a relationship? You think about it. Everybody thinks that. Everybody's got to feel like, well, I'm grown. I know what to ask. Really? Do you really? Because I can tell you there are a lot of questions, a lot of things, uh, you know, um, that you can listen to. There's a lot of things that literally, that if you ask the right question, it will reveal that person's intent in their heart. If you can get the intent part of it, understand exactly how how this person thinks, and the potential of it being an abusive relationship. We have to understand just because a person is beautiful or good-looking doesn't mean that they are I want to date. I want to see someone. Listen, nothing wrong with that. But you have to understand where are you mentally? Where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? Because sometimes we're so open. We're so open that literally we walk into a relationship because we're in such desperate need. We want a relationship. We want it to work out. We we got our fantasy eyeglasses on. We want to see something romantic. We want that storybook. Guess what? All the time that exact for that storybook relationship ends up in quick invo- with quick involvement, and that plays right into the hands of a potential abuser. Quick involvement. I want to move fast. I'm telling you, I love you after the first time of talking to you. I want us to get together. You know, I want to marry you. All of those things happen so quickly. And guess what? If you're unhealthy, if you're unhealthy, guess what? If you're unhealthy, what are you going to do? You're going to fall into that. You'll find yourself falling into those type of things. And you've got to be very, very careful. 
Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us. You listen to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so glad you've joined us. Listen, if you're listening by way of telephone, you can be a guest or you can have a question and a comment. Simply hit the number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to get on the air, and we'll get you on the air. You don't have to give your name. But I think this is a very pertinent subject, and you need to take a very great look. Those of you that are following us right now on domestic on our Facebook page, Domestic Violence, it is your business, as well as uh, uh, Destiny by Choice, too. You can go to the Facebook page there, and you'll see that uh, some of the warning signs are already being posted there for you. Always, As always, we're always thanks, thankful to Indy uh, Harlem, too, for always taking care of all of this and making sure that you can follow along with what is going on. So I want to say this once again. Why is that important? I'm saying that's important. That's not blaming you for the abuse. That's not saying, well, okay, although I may be in that situation, still this person shouldn't abuse me. Yeah, go ahead and live there if you want to. But I'm trying to get you to not walk into something. I'm trying to get you to see it before it happens, to not walk inside of a situation that becomes even potentially even more dangerous. Those are the things that are important. You know, I like saying, listen, if you know what's behind door number one, and you know that behind door number one is a toxic, abusive, unhealthy relationship. If I could tell you what to look for before you go behind door number one, would you receive it? If that's going to save you humiliation, pain, abuse, and even possibly your life, will you receive it? Because that's what we're talking about. Why did I see it coming? The signs and tools that oftentimes go over when it comes to abusive relationship. Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us. Listen, these, these signs and clues are very important. I want to go to another one. We have to listen to the way that your partner talks, to, talks about you. Language is a powerful tool. We know that, right? It, it can be wielded as a weapon to keep you in line and under the abusive uh, person's spell, Expressing contempt while still professing love as a abusive partner. In other words, they can use language in order to keep you in line while at the same time professing how much I love you. <laughs> so we got to understand that. Because, see, there's no. The context. How do they say it? If you're being uh, denigrated regularly or disrespected, or put on a level that is uh, below your partner, it's a sign of abuse. If you have the same rights as your partner, uh, you should have the same rights as your partner. You should be on the same level. But if that person is putting you down, kind of like Sedlatheria, if they see you as a person beneath them, you know, that's a sign of abuse. Then you got to look out for patterns. I want you to hear that today. Patterns. Look, patterns of extreme jealousy. If your partner gets angry or sulky when you want to go and have a night out with your friends, he or she is being overjealous, those are warning signs. They may question you mercilessly, uh, mercilessly anytime, uh, seeing you talking to the member of the opposite sex. If you feel like you're being kept away from your friends, relatives are smothered because you can't go anywhere without your partner, it's a sign of a produce, potentially abusive relationship. Another thing is keep in mind, if you know this person's history, 
What was the fate of the last girlfriend or the last person in their life? What has been this person's track record? Listen, if he's broken somebody's arm before or abused someone before, understand the potential of that happening to you. You've got to understand that control is that. Another thing I'm going to say, watch for signs of possessiveness. Part of abuse is establishing control over the relationship and thereby, and thereby uh, establish control over you. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Keep in mind that this person pushed constantly for affirmation for more intimacy, especially early on. These are early signs. You know, uh, it can be a sign uh, of the type of insecure behavior that this individual uh, have. And so when you're talking about an unhealthy person already and they're in a relationship, it all begins to show. So when we look at it, continue what it does, how it impacts uh, the individual. Does their partner insist that you go everywhere together and never spend time apart? Does your partner always tag along to events that they have no business attending? It may be a sign of possessiveness. Saying things like, you belong to me and only me. Yeah, that's a sign of possessiveness that your partner views you as property. He or she will likely become jealous when you behave like a normal person who talks or interacts with others. Uh, <laughs> and I told you just a few minutes ago, those proclamations of I love you and you've only been dating a few days or weeks can also be a sign of possessive and obsessive partner. I've seen it happen. People end up in marriages, in uh, committed relationships because of the fact they miss these um, early warning signs. You know, uh, but you got to be watching. Watch for the unpredictability. You may, I mean, you may have trouble predicting all signs and predicting your partner's move, but one moment when you're generally caring, they're immediately transitioned to threat intimidation. You never know where you stand with this person. Sign. Then I'm going to say this part, last but not least. Watch this. Pay attention to their consumption, their substance abuse. Are this person using alcohol or drugs in access? Do they become more violent, difficult, nasty, and selfish when they're using drugs and alcohol? And that, that's up to you now. If, you, if, you, if you're down with the drugs and alcohol, you must also consider the consequence that may come with it. Are they willing to listen to you? If they are addicted, are they willing to quit? Are they willing to listen? To your advice. Those are things that are so pertinent today. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That is how you reach us for your listen to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. I'm your host, Jim. I'm so very glad to have with us. I've called in as a guest tonight, uh, Latheria, and uh, we open it up to others there. Latheria, uh, as we talk tonight about all these warning signs, I mean, think about how many people that miss it. Think about how many people that miss it, in, you know, because of the fact they're looking for something else. They're, they're looking for the big signs. And if they have the big signs, then they feel all right. Mm-hmm. But what would you and say to I, those individuals I, that miss those other things? Go right ahead. Okay. Um, oh, I would like to say just pay attention to the subtle, I call them subtle um, little things. Um, well, because they are very, very essential. For instance, um, well, what about this factor that to me many um many people overlook 
past relationships, how how are they in their past relationships? For example, um, my ex-abuser, he divorced his first wife for mental cruelty. Okay? Wow. And, yeah, I, I, I says, okay, well, let, let me see the divorce decree. Okay, I wanted to see it. Um, because I, I I wanted to see why did she divorce you, and it's, it was for mental cruelty. Now even so, I saw, I saw that, right? Mm-hmm. Part of me is like, well, what what is mental cruelty? What what is that? Okay, because I what you know what is this judge talking about? What is you know what what is the reasons? And another thing too, the the let's put this way, the the spouse or the potential. Um, Girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever they may think, they are better than the past woman or man. Absolutely. I think. And talk that about the danger of that. Many times. Mm-hmm. But, oh. but talk about the danger of that because people get caught up in almost like this. I, I call it this auto-editiveness, like fact. Well, and I see it happen oftentimes among women where they'll say things like, "Well, she just didn't know how to keep a man," or "She didn't know how to handle a man like." him or you know it takes a special woman for a man like this as if somehow or another the previous woman just failed at something understanding the previous woman was victimized the previous woman feared for her life mm-hmm. exactly um exactly um and to really to really uh, bring that out because um, i had a female tell uh, tell me personally uh, well, you was not woman enough for him. Wow. Or, well, yeah, I was not woman enough for him. And I, and, and I told her, I said, look, the first wife, divorced for mental cruelty. The second wife, divorced for physical abuse and mental cruelty. So you're going to step in this knowing his past history. And then you're going to tell us, um, you are a better woman. We were not woman enough for him. Or another thing, well, I'm, I'm a woman, but I have zero tolerance for, you know, for, for a man like that. So he know I go, so he's not going to treat me like that, really. Okay, <laughs> so what I did was I, I, I listened, you know, I, I listened and, and to her conversation sometimes. And even um, um, this lady uh, in my presence even said, um, well, you know how he go, you know, you just can't overstep him. Whatever you do, don't overstep him. What do you mean by that? Completely familiar with that phrase. Absolutely. Why? Are you afraid? Are you afraid? You see, so wow. many. I'm saying just that that's that's a main point. They they miss it every time because of their desires, because of what they want, and they think they're the better person. Absolutely. You you, you said a lot. You said a mouthful there because this is what we see oftentimes. They don't understand that even the thing, this is not a competition. This is not a competition to say, listen, I'm a better woman than you were. This is opening your eyes and recognize that this individual is not only have a pattern of abusive behavior, but this individual has done this before. And so it's not a matter I'm going to prove to all the other women or all the other men that, you know, were that I'm the better person. Because maybe proving could be very detrimental to your own self. Yeah. 
a it's a very dangerous thing. I think people have to be on top of it. I think people must recognize this is real life stuff. This is real life. This is not something out of Cracker Jack box here. These are real life things that are happening. Mm-hmm. These are real life events that are going on in people's daily lives. There is a real need here to not only heighten our awareness, but there's a real need here to begin to become empowered and educated to recognize these things doesn't go away. Each one of us have a responsibility to the next generation, to others, to to uh, to uh, increase their capacity, to increase their knowledge and wisdom, so that they don't find themselves in this trap that we call domestic violence. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That is how you reach us here. Uh, we are already at that time that we normally are, but because of the fact that we did go through that interruption there, uh, we've extended just for a few minutes. Uh, we're going to go for another uh, twelve minutes, but we'd like to have your call and your comment. You just dial Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Hit number one on your keypad. Let our engineer know that you want to come on the air with any question and or comment that you may have tonight. You're out there. This is the time to ask a question. Right now, we're open to you. Be right back after this. Host J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here on the Solo America Radio Network. I'll be right back on the other side. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638 This is Thor. Three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. You give Jay a call right now. And now back to the show.
and welcome back to Open Healing and Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thickland. And right at the very closing moments of our show tonight, and I trust that you have been enlightened, that you've been empowered, that you definitely have received tools that will make a difference of uh, your life. It's not a life of someone that you may have come in contact with or will come in contact with. We, we come with this in mind to empower you uh, to understand that there is a journey of wholeness and that you can come out of abusive relationships. And so I want you to keep that in mind. Eric, go 323-784-9638. That's how you can reach us with the last 10 minutes that we're going to be here. And I just simply want to say to you is this, is that there is simply, there is simply no, no reasons to condone abuse of any part of any nature. So I want to make sure that we understand that. I want you to also go back to our websites, our Facebook pages. There, violence uh, is your business. Uh, that Facebook page there, join a member. But everything that you hear us talk about tonight, you'll find it, uh, many things posted on the Facebook page. Also, our Destiny page. You want to go there. You want to be picked up, inspired, shared to be an inspiration to others. That is the page you want to go to. I want to end our time tonight talking about the necessity of this, necessity of all of us, uh, regardless of what uh, what facet of life we are in, where where our allegiance are, warning signs. Do we understand when relationships have the potential to be bad? When we recognize that even amongst our Christian institutions and our and uh, and our faith movements, that oftentimes we see the level of abuse. Among them, different, no different from those that are that are on uh, church. That means there's a lot of work to be done. That means there there is room to expand our reach, to expand our understanding, and that's really what we're all about tonight. And so, I want to encourage you to share this. You can always go right back to www.soulofamericaradio.com. Go to Hope and Healing, look at archive shows. Any of these archive shows you can share and listen back to. Give you one better. If you have an iPhone or even an uh, Android, you can go there to your Play Store or iStore, whatever you call it. You can download our app. It is Soul of America Radio app. You can download it. Download is very simple, and you're able to listen to any show that's been on this network, not just my show, the Hope and Healing show, but the Tony Stalling show, and then many other shows that have aired on this great network. So I want to get out of that tonight, source, to share with someone. So my closing remarks, right, uh, uh, Lotharia back on inside our closing remarks tonight. Lotharia, what would be the one thing that you would say to those that, in this case, once again, I can see it coming. Early mm-hmm. and clues that are often overlooked potential abuser. Tonight, I would I would just tell them to please heed to the warning signs, or I call them red flags of a potential abusive partner. Do not ignore it. Do not turn a blind a blind eye to it especially if you know, you know, the warning signs. You've been educated on it um, um, from all directions. You're seeing it. Please do not lose sight, you know, of this, you know, this potential dangerous partner. And I said dangerous because 
he or she is very dangerous. Do not take it lightly. And because one day could cost you your freedom, your life, uh, temporary and or permanent um, physical damage to you, injury, end up in a, you could end up in a mental institution, like I said before, or um, prison, the grave, six feet under. I could just say, well, pick your choice. If you choose to turn your head um, away from the warning sign, that could be a place that you could end up or condition. It's just a matter of time. Hospitals, homelessness, shelters, you know, and I just I just want to um, bring the scripture to light, um, John 10, 10, where it says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. The goal of the abuse of individuals is just that, steal, kill, and destroy the victim in every facet of their life. I often look at it like this. They are not satisfied until, excuse my language, until you're behind is actually scraping the cement or, you know, until you are actually taken down to nothing. And then they actually become um, satisfied or happy. They are merciless people without mercy. Okay. And, and, and you're right about that. And, and you know, and for those that you know that are listening, and, and they they tend to think, well, this really doesn't concern them, or or you know, this is not really a bad problem. Surely this just happened to people that you know that don't know better, or surely this just happened to people who are uneducated, or surely this just happened to people who, who you know who who just have bad luck in relationship. They have to understand that this is a pandemic in our society. Look at the issue of domestic violence. When we understand the fact of um, even uh, the potential of violence that happens, um, you know, um, with people, but I want to go a step further beyond that even. I want to talk about the fact of, uh, you know, when we, when we really look at what's happening inside of domestic violence, I mean, there, there are numbers that are out there that are cringing. They are cringing when you look at how deep they run and and how far-reaching they are. And the fact that you would be amazed that there's not even a greater public outcry at some of the things that are happening when it comes to domestic violence. When when you're talking about, um, you know, uh, when when you're talking about things that – that drives this whole thing, the, the conversation. When you start thinking about how people's lives have been turned upside down uh, as a result of this, it is it is it's literally mind blowing. And, and, and I want to take the time you real quickly in our last few minutes together. And perhaps someone that's listening, you'll be uh, you'll be actually moved to to call in to share or to understand how serious of a problem this is in our country. It is serious, and I want you to know it goes beyond athletes. It goes beyond those things. I know that's what we hear a lot of today, but let me give you this here, and I think that this will this will this will blow you away. The number of American troops that were killed in Afghanistan and Iraq between 2001 and 2012 was 6,488. The number of American women who were murdered by current or ex-male partners during this time, was 11,766. Do you understand that that nearly doubles the amount of casualties that was lost during war? 
And all we talk about the fact that men can be victims of domestic violence, and most definitely they are. Let's not get it twisted. Women are much more likely to be victims of intimate partner violence, with nearly 85% of domestic abuse victims being women and 15% men. Men and women have been held captive by domestic violence, whether through physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, or a combination of all of them. Every time, and this is the part I want us to be very careful of, See, we, we have been inundated with news stories about domestic violence from athletes being their significant others in public elevators or uh, in their uh, own homes to celebrities abusing their girlfriends. This problem is not going to go away very quickly or quietly. We have to understand that domestic violence is not a singular incident. Unfortunately, it's an insidious problem that is deeply rooted in our culture right here in a good U.S. of A. And the numbers prove it. The numbers don't lie in this case. We're seeing it. One in every, wow. The number of women murdered every day by a current or former male partner in the United States is three. Are you are you with me? Watch this. Thirty eight million, twenty eight. The number of women who have experienced physical intimate partner violence in their lifetime. And here's one of those things that we don't talk about a whole lot. And that's what about happen with women who have disabilities? Oh, you thought that for surely someone would be compassionate upon them and that we that would be nothing to worry about. Surely no one would disrespect someone who already have disabilities. Well, women with disabilities are 40% more likely to experience intimate partner violence, especially severe violence that women without disabilities would not experience. You know, it's amazing that it's estimated that nearly 4.7 million women a year experience a form of intimate physical violence by an intimate partner each year. Then one of the things that just blows me away, it blows me away in a way that I cannot even begin to tell you, is that most women that are killed are killed by someone they know. I want to go back to that in a second. Because some of this we're going to save for our next week's show. One in four women will be victims of severe violence, an uh, intimate partner in their lifetime. For black women, is one in three. One in seven men will be victims of severe violence in their intimate part with an intimate partner in their lifetime. We have to understand the far-reaching arms of the abuse. Worldwide, men who are exposed to domestic violence as children are three to four times more likely to perpetrate intimate partner violence as adults than men who did not experience domestic violence as children. According to the World Health Organization, we have a serious problem in our society, and we can't afford to just look around because I'm going to tell you something. We've done enough a job trying to handle this through the courts, criminal courts and that. Criminalizing domestic violence will never solve the issue of domestic violence. There must be a change in behavior, change in mindset. The culture must change as it relates to the way we see women as well as ourselves and the way that we look at abuse. 
because this is really serious and a subject matter that we cannot afford to take lightly. See, things that we don't talk about, like 18.5 million, that's the number of mental health care visits due to intimate partner violence every year. We don't want to talk about how domestic violence uh, contribute to mental health issues and mental health health, uh, contribute to domestic violence. Wow. This (laughs) This is really something else. Intimate partner violence is the leading cause of female homicide, injury, related deaths during pregnancy. I'm going to say this last part here, and I know that you're listening. If you're listening, you have a comment or question, simply hit number one on the keypad, and we'll get you on the air. But I want to go to this part because I think it is necessary. I think it's important that we recognize how vital this is inside of addressing this issue of domestic violence. And we'll cover some of this on next week's show, and we'll get it back in. And I, I want to I want to just step out the box for a second, and I, I want to go uh, I want to go a little further, if you allow me to. I, I want to go a little further inside of this. I want to look at domestic violence, especially among African Americans, people of color. And we know that it crosses every social economic line, but I want to say something to you that is very important. I, I do, I, I do a workshop on this one here, and this comes from a very legal practitioner standpoint. African Americans, especially African American women, suffer deadly violence from family members at the rates decidedly higher than other racial groups in the United States. But, however, it's still observed that research concerning family violence among African Americans is inadequate. But you got to hear this, and I'll give you the sources. Overall, African Americans were victimized by intimate partners a significantly higher rate than persons of any other race between 1993 and 98. Black females experienced intimate partner violence at a rate of 35% higher than that of white females, and about 20 time, 22 times the rate of women of other races. Black males experience intimate partner violence at the rate about 62% higher than that of white males, and about 22 times the rate of men of other races. That research there of Kelly, Marie Renison, and Sarah Welchens, U.S. Department of Justice, NCJ, This is what disturbs me because we're talking about how generational it is that African-American women experience significantly more domestic violence than white women in the age group of 20 to 24. Generally, black women experience similar level of intimate partner uh, victimization in all other age categories compared to white women, but experience slightly more domestic violence. So what we're looking at here is the fact of how this is constantly affected us, not just now. But even later, I want you to hear this. The number one killer of African-American women, ages 15 and 34, is homicide at the hands of a current or former intimate partner. We have a problem. We have a problem. We have a serious problem. And that problem that we don't discuss enough, 
And next week, we're going to, to particularly take a good look at domestic violence in the African-American community. Listen, I'm so glad that you joined us tonight. I hope that you have been empowered, and I pray and trust that you will break the silence if you are a victim of domestic violence or know someone that is. I want to encourage you to know that you can always call the National Hotline 1-800-799-SAFE. 1-800-799-7233. I want you to know that if you just need to talk to someone, we're available here at Destiny by Choice. Hope and healing a journey to wholeness. And until next time, this is Pastor J.R. Thicklin, along with our guest, Lotheria, that is with us tonight. And we want to bid you a safe evening. We want you to remain safe. And remember, there's no excuse for abuse. Until next time. We bid you a safe night.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 